we're back on an exciting anniversary edition of Loathsome Things, a horror movie podcast. An iversary. Iversary. My name E. John. And with me, as always, is my co-host, Josh. Josh, how are you doing? I'm going quite well. It's a, it's a really good day. One year. This is our one-year anniversary podcast. Uh, I'm excited about that. Uh, I want to start us off. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Happy Bananaversary. Bananaversary. Wow. That was worth stopping over. The big curvy yellow. I like it. Oh, shit. <laughs> John, I want to start us off with a question. Yes. We have been podcasting for one year. Mm -hmm. Do you want to podcast for a second year? Uh, yeah, I do indeed. Okay. Yes. I am asking because Podbean would like to know whether or not we want to pay them for a second year of podcasting. Oh, the bean. <laughs> yes. Good old bean. So I will tell them yes, and, and we will do another year of podcasting. You heard it here, folks. This is how you run a business. It's how you run a business. We just flicked the bean. <laughs> Paying off the old bean. <laughs> uh, I also have a fun trivia question for you, John, but the trivia question is about our listeners. Oh. Oh, yes, John. Over the last year... Uh, mm -hmm. And I think I, we're, we're currently at 1,090 total downloads of okay. our amazing groundbreaking podcast. Oh, my God. We are averaging a, a, above 100 downloads per month. It's pretty great. Uh, most of our listeners are from the good old US of A, the, the grand old Opry of nations. Mm. <laughs> The second most listeners are from Canada. Ah. Uh, in Canada, it's mostly Ontario with a little Saskatchewan and some British Columbia thrown in for good taste. I wonder what that's about. <laughs> <laughs> well, there goes all the Canadian listeners. <laughs> Okay. Woo. A boat? Yeah. It did, not even a boot? Yeah, everyone says boot here, but it's really more boat. Oh, wow. I think our Canadian listeners will appreciate that you got their boat correct. Including the Canadians in this movie. Oh, man. This movie, a Canadian film taking place in the United States for some reason. <laughs> because... Because the Canadians came here because it costs more to shoot here. I mean, I, I mean Wisconsin. So yeah. you know, yeah, yeah. Um, Good cheese. After Canada, our third most listeners come from the United Kingdom, oh. the good U.S. of K. Mm. And uh, I wanted to ask you, where do you think the fifth? Uh, I'm sorry, the fourth and fifth most listeners come from? Sweden and. Austria. Wow. You got one of those exactly correct. Damn it. <laughs> Which one? Sweden? Sweden. Yes. Sweden is our fourth most uh, uh, popular country. How did you know that? I saw it on one of the websites that gives us numbers. <laughs> nice. 
<laughs> we were like number number two hundred in some kind of category in in Sweden and then some other weird country. It was like South Africa or something. I can't remember what it was. Wow. Yeah. So our our fifth most popular is the Czech Republic. So ah. Thank you to our probably, I'm guessing, one listener in Sweden and one listener in Czech Republic. Very cool it's, of you. It's the, it's fucking, it's Bosco. <laughs> yeah, it's Bosco <laughs> from Beyond the Door 3. <laughs> Why do they make fun of my movie? I will listen to it nine times. I come to America and crush them. <laughs> they have trains so stupid. It cake? goes every direction. Cake. <laughs> they have cake. <laughs> Uh, but beyond that, we have had at least one person, at least one time, listen to us on every continent on this planet, except, of course, for Antarctica. Well, we're going to have to remedy that. I know. It's possible that we have had a listener from Antarctica, but it doesn't show up on the Podbean map. So imagine being there and that's what you choose to do with your time. <laughs> Like, well, I don't have an appendix anymore. Might as well listen to these fellers. Everyone, everyone's so smart around here. I sure do miss morons. <laughs> I, I wonder what people are talking about in America. I'll see what loathsome things are doing. <laughs> Just fart jokes and giggles. Wrecked them. Damn near killed them. Oh, Verlander, I hardly know her. (laughs) Oh, my God. (sighs) So, yes, that was fun trivia about you, our listeners, as told by Josh and guest pretty accurately by John. (laughs) Go figure. I wonder what's going on in Sweden that they think this shit is worth listening to. Well, by by fourth most popular, I mean that there have been a total of nine downloads from that have originated in Sweden. Still, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, yeah. I can't imagine that it's like two or three Swedes. I, I'm pretty sure it's like one Swede that was like, hey, that was pretty good. I'll listen to a few more, but definitely not all of the episodes. <laughs> and to that Swede, we thank you. Thank you. And now the only word in Swedish that I know. Kvinnan. Oh, Blomster. (laughs) It means flower. What does yours mean? Well, woman. Oh, hey, we both nailed a little thing there. Yeah, that's great. Oh, good. Oh, swell. Well, there went all my enthusiasm for this episode. Good night, folks. Now to drudge through a movie. It's okay, because it's a fine movie to drudge through. It is quite a drudger. I like it. John, you alluded to the fact that this is a Canadian production. I alluded to the fact that this was filmed in the United States in Wisconsin. I perhaps don't know what the word alluded really means. And what would you say is the name of this film that we're about to review? I would say that the name of this film that we're about to review is The Pit. The Pit. It is quite a pit. 1981, Lou Lumen's The Pit. Is that how you pronounce his last name? It's not Lou Lehman? Probably Lehman. I read it wrong. (laughs) 
I I love it. I, every time I see Lou Lehman, I think yoga pants. Lehman, Lemon, Lehman. Lehman? Lehman. He's from Canada. Yeah, and it doesn't... Oh, wait, he's not from Canada. Oh, is he American? Yeah, They whenever they decided to do this in America, they were like, well, we're going to have to get a, an American director because they know what's going on down there in America. Yeah. And uh, boy, did did Lou Hellman ever know what was going on with directing movies in America. I think this was, wasn't this his last movie? I, it, it probably should have been. Um, it, I, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, this, this movie effectively ended the career of Lou Lemon, mm-hmm. as well as the writer, Ian A. Stewart, who, let's make it very clear, this is Lou Lemon's The Pit, not Ian A. Stewart's The Pit. He has gone on record Mm-hmm. Often, basically, anytime anyone will give him even a little attention, the first thing that he says is, "I don't like the way that the movie was directed." <laughs> I can't imagine why. Yeah, he uh, has even gone on record as saying that he much prefers John Galt's novelization of his screenplay called Teddy. He thinks that that one's really neat, and that this movie can go suck itself's ass. John Galt, the guy from the Ayn Rand book. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and also this movie ended the career of this movie's star, Sammy Snyder's, because uh, no one ever wanted to see his face again. Yeah, no kidding. But all is not lost, no. because if you go to SammySnyder's.com, oh, God. you will learn that this... Welcome to the dance home of Sam Snyder's. Welcome to my dance site. This site isn't just about me. A lot of it is about you. Besides, excuse me, excuse me, a boat. A boat. (laughs) This site isn't just about boat me. A lot of it is about you. Besides learning about who I am and what I do, you have a chance to tell me about yourself as well. Navigate through the site and learn about the classes I teach, along with where you can go to sign up for classes with me. Enjoy, Sam. Oh, man, does he still have the same haircut? He somehow has managed to update it, but yet still have a horrible haircut. (laughs) I I imagine there are many haircuts that look terrible on that guy. Dear God, he looks exactly the same. It's horrifying. (laughs) Is it... (laughs) Oh, is it like uh, Haley Joel Osment, where, like, it's still the same face, but it's just now smushed in a much larger head? No, he's, uh, well, yes. And, uh, yeah, except that he didn't, he didn't uh, bulk up like, like Haley. Okay. He's a dancer. He's live. I could see that. He he had a uh, uh, we we get an eyeful of his live little body in this movie. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> in fact, Ian Ian A. Stewart. One of his complaints about this movie is that the main character, the actor that played the main character, was too muscular. And and too too adult in bodily um, <laughs> grossness. <laughs> he is walking that line. Yeah, yeah. He's he is one bulky eleven year old dude. <laughs> it's. I'm sure he's pretty hairy too. Oh yeah, yeah. 
not in this movie. He's slick as a baby. You <laughs> could just you could just bathe him. <laughs> Folks, this movie's really unfortunate in some of the things. <laughs> it does not in often remind me of uh, Butcher Baker Nightmare Baker, but yeah. instead of it just being the implication of um of this being the child of a person, this is a very sexually active movie about a child and children. Yes. It's a, uh, it's a, uh, yeah, it's a piece of work. It is an entire piece of work. And I thought it was pretty great. <laughs> oh, it's awesome. It's a classic for a reason. Yeah. It's not high quality. It is no. low quality, but it is the perfect kind of low quality that I love. It is a higher quality than the aforementioned, uh, beyond the door three. Yes. Um, not by a whole mu- bunch, but no. but better better acting. Yeah, yeah, it's better acting. I mean, it has this feel of like a like a made for TV movie, like a Saturday, like a Sunday night special or some shit, or, you know, like a movie of the week type bullshit. Yep. In in fact, most of the actors or a lot of the actors in it were Canadian television actors on. Um, Shit, what's that stupid Canadian show about the dog? <laughs> I don't you, know. You know the one. <laughs> stupid Canadian show about the dog? Yeah, uh, it's a stupid Canadian show about like an ultra heroic dog that is basically of human level intelligence. I have no idea. Littlest Hobo, that's what it's called. Oh, uh, long-running series, in fact, like rebooted multiple times. Series, The mm. Little Hobo. A lot really? of these actors are from there, and then they took them from their native Canada and put them in Wisconsin to film this movie with some guy that didn't know how to direct a movie. Yeah, at all, at all. Also, the editing is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty bad. Yeah, it's uh, it, all around it's not great, but it's just so bonkers and out there that it's highly enjoyable. Oh, for sure. It's a blast to watch. Yeah, I I love it. I've watched it lots of times. Rewatching it to record about it didn't bother me even the slittest. Yeah, it's 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 <laughs> it definitely rewards multiple viewings. Yes. <laughs> it's just so ridiculous. It's like that it's, you know, it's just another there's another one of these movies that operates in some sort of weird cultural vacuum where it's like creating some version of reality that isn't even close to anyone's actual version of reality. Just just so far away. <laughs> it's like everyone in the movie is so incompetent and strange, but somehow they have houses and jobs and they make money and pay bills. And, but they're all just so weird and it, nothing makes any sense. Nothing's logical. It's great. Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, and it's one of, it's weird, part of the reason that it is so incompetently directed is the weird tone shifts in the movie, because uh, you'll go from, like, Butcher Baker, Nightmare Maker, creepy, inside of the house, gross weirdness, where you think, like, a murder is going to take place, but then there's also, like, demonically possessed toys, and then also, like, slapstick comedy that 
would fit really well in like an episode of the Andy Griffith show. Um, and even the soundtrack is all over the place and nothing makes sense. <laughs> it really doesn't. It's like, so yeah, it's really just all over the place. Like they couldn't, they had these dis- like the director had these different elements that he wanted to incorporate into the movie. So instead of trying to think of some logical way to put them together, he just shoehorned all this stuff in there. Like yeah. the teddy bear, you know, like the teddy bear is so, obviously there was, you know, if you read about there's a lot more emphasis put on the teddy bear in the original story and all that kind of stuff. Well, that's fantastic, but that doesn't mean you have to, it's imperative that you put some sort of weird bear with glowing lights, like the Belial bear or something like it didn't make any sense. It was just like, why is this here? This kid is bizarre and fucked up already doesn't need some stupid bear telling him what to do and the the bear made sense apparently in the original screenplay like all of it like worked together apparently kind of nicely according to the guy that wrote the screenplay of course (laughs) sure um but then apparently the director lou lemon was just like nah what if we did it this way wouldn't that be spookier also what if it was a comedy (laughs) (laughs) didn't see that coming (laughs) 1981 let's go oh man yeah well i mean it's it is funny but not not because of the reasons they tried to make it funny no no those those reasons just just went right out the window but it it did gain its own little thing it's also um it's also pretty upsetting you know some of the stuff going on in here is yeesh uh but but it it all fails to land on the um level that like a basket case like all like you know that's a a silly scrappy nonsense movie i think from the same year as this and it's funny it's cheesy it's low budget and it's it's scary and then like the things in it that are really upsetting super really land and in this one the upsetting stuff is more of just like a oh i don't like that that makes me feel vaguely uncomfortable and the actual story as silly as it is, at least it makes sense. The story here is the kid just randomly finds a pit in the fucking woods with Mm -hmm. like creatures stuck at the bottom. It makes no sense. Spoilers. Yeah. In some movie I was hearing about. Yeah. This kid finds randomly some pit in the woods and it is actually a deity. And now the community is doomed to worship it and sacrifice its minions to it. Kip Kinkle, anyone? Kip Kinkle. Wait, Kip, Kip Kinkle is the kid that went into shoot, shooting school shooting. Oh, good. Scott <laughs> Crawford Kinkle Crawford. Chad Crawford Kinkle? Yes. Good. That's great. I, I confused him with a school shooter. Good. Yes. Say their names, people. It's always good to remember the shooter's name. Jesus Christ. <laughs> No, I don't. I don't follow true crime at all. No, no, you don't. You probably haven't already watched the one about the John Wayne Gacy tapes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I have. Yeah, I have too. It's great. <laughs> Surprisingly light on the actual John Wayne Gacy tapes. It's mostly just interviewing, you know, old dudes that used to be young dudes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The interviews with him. I mean, they're they're. You can find a lot of interviews with him on YouTube, and they're they're pretty uh, pretty amazing. He's he was a real messed up dude. Yeah, he couldn't even hide it. Yeah, that stuff about how it's like if you 
buy something and you bring it home and it breaks, you're allowed to throw it away. I was like, holy shit. Whoa. <laughs> but he's not, but he's not a psychopath. No, no, not at he all. Just, he just has no compassion whatsoever for anyone. <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> no compassion, no empathy, no, no you know, but not yeah. a psychopath. No, didn't didn't study how to turn people not gay anymore and, and violently anti-gay while doing doing blowies. <laughs> and killies. Yeah, blowy and killy and, and clown makeup and just... Almost stabbing himself in the neck. What? That guy's a Ugh. cornucopia of oh shit. <laughs> yeah, an entire problem. Uh, get involved in local government, folks. It's great. Oh yeah, you get to meet Rosalind Carter and bury young men under your floor. <laughs> yeah, who could ask for more? <laughs> oh good, this is gonna be an episode. <laughs> Uh, let's see. This movie stars Jeannie Elias uh, as Sandy O'Reilly. Her career turned towards voice acting for cartoon series and video games. If you watched 90s kids cartoons, early 2000s anime, or played uh, RPGs like Dragon Age, Mass Effect, Elder Scrolls, or Final Fantasy in the 20 teens, you've definitely heard her voice because she does voice acting in all of those arenas. Impressive. Yep, Sanja Smits plays Mrs. Lind, Jamie's teacher that really only matters for part of the movie, and even then not very much. But she did go on to play Bianca Oblivion in Videodrome. Score. Yeah, very, very cool crossover there. We also have John Stoneham Sr., who was a cop in Bob Clark's Black Christmas and enjoyed a long career as a bit actor and stunt performer. Rad guy. Wow, I guess he was not the police chief. Was he? <laughs> he couldn't possibly have been. That guy was, that guy didn't even have a neck. I mean, you've got to have a neck to do stunts, right? <laughs> yeah, uh, at least one stunt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, also here we have Gerard Jordan as Alan. Um, this is one of his three acting credits ever. Uh, the other two were as Pete in William Fruitt's 1980s horror movie Funeral Home and as Charles in David F. Eustace's 1981 horror movie The Intruder. Mm -hmm. So he was in exactly three movies over the course of 1980 and 81. All three weird little indie horror movies. Fucking awesome. Yeah, that is pretty sweet. <laughs> what a great career. I'll do these and then leave. Oh, I'm probably still poor. <laughs> That's right. He's probably serving poutine somewhere. Oh, yeah. Just pour some stuff on cheese. I don't remember what poutine is. <laughs> is it potatoes? French fries. Okay, yeah. With like uh, gravy and uh, uh, right. cheese curds. Yes, that's right. I love that it has such a fancy sounding name. Like you imagine it's like some sort of dainty little French appetizer, but then it's just the most disgusting American carbohydrate fat food. It's 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 delightful. I love it. Oh yeah, no, it's great. I'm not saying that it's bad to eat. Oh no, 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 for you. Oh, absolutely for you. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Unless you count your soul. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> right. Okay. 
Uh, it good for the soul. I see. Yeah. Like chicken soup and kittens. Oh, shit. John, how many different chicken soup for the soul books have you read? Zero. Yeah, right. same. It's pretty same. bad. Yeah. 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 I've probably physically handled thousands. So many. <laughs> because there is a, a wedge of the human population that is into buying those. God. <laughs> One book called that that turned into an entire like publishing empire. <laughs> yeah, it was it was amazing. It was suddenly everything needed chicken soup for it. Oh man, chicken soup for the Kittens of Veteran Soul. Oh man, that was a good one. Yeah. Two. <laughs> <laughs> then there was that whole porn like franchise, the chickens. No, I don't know what I'm talking oh, about. Oh, okay. Chicken stuck for the soul. <laughs> Chicken soup for my hole. Oh yes. <laughs> Just funnel it in. <laughs> Two girls, one soup. <laughs> Two girls, one bowl. <laughs> Fantastic. All right. So, folks, I I would go ahead. Maybe you not so much, John, but I would go ahead and say go watch the movie. It oh, is. Yeah. It is available on all of the different streaming services that you don't have to pay for. But what you do have to pay is with your time for watching some of the worst commercials imaginable. <laughs> Hope you like random car commercials repeated over and over again. Oh, yeah. Like the the same w one stupid insurance company with an emu, but like oh. that one commercial over and over and over again. Oh, Yeah. Oh, sure, gonna use that business. <laughs> oh, definitely. <laughs> they don't remind me of Washington Mutual at all, and things went great over there. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking nightmare. <laughs> okay. So go out there, go watch that movie. That movie, again, is The Pit from 1981, directed by Lou Lehman, not the screenwriter Ian A. Stewart. And then come back for us to spoil and comment on it and you to listen along. Including you, Ramon, I think you'll like this one. Yeah, this movie. I, I, he may have already seen this one. I'm not sure. But if he hasn't, you need to go see this, Ramon. It's ridiculous. It's very good. Loathsome fan, Ramon. Keep on doing cool things. <laughs> Keep on trucking, bro. <laughs> and we're back to Loathsome Things. John, why don't you start us off on this rip-roaring good time of oh. doing this movie? Okay. Sure. Okay. So we've got this kid. His name is Jamie. He's got the worst bowl cut you've ever seen in your fucking life. Yeah, like it, worse than a first Star Wars Luke Skywalker. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. it's just awful. It looks like somebody cut out the a hairline in a tennis ball and just put it on his head. Yeah, it's, and you know outside of that top layer, it's like all gritty and horrible in there. Oh, God. It's got snacks up under there and stuff. Oh, yeah, the worst snacks. <laughs> so the movie opens and uh, Jamie's dressed up as a ghost. It's Halloween. It's at night. And uh, he's he's having you, you. You see a flashback scene right away, which is a flashback within the flashback that the movie opens on, essentially. Yes. <laughs> so 
<laughs> already off to a troubled start. Yes. He's upset because he got he got punched by uh, Freddy the douche, who's like the jock or whatever in school. And uh, so he approaches Freddy dressed like a pirate and Christina dressed like a ballerina. Christina the ballerina. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> he lures them into the woods because, I don't what does he say? Hey, you want to see something cool? Yeah. <laughs> like, it's a surprise. He's such a dick. And it, it's uh, the the fucking kid Freddy's like, it better be worth my time. It's like, what? This whole thing is nonsense. Also, the party just appears to be a field of variously aged children in costumes, alternatively, like stealing each other's candy or beating each other up and everyone <laughs> is laughing. Isn't there like a pinata clown head or is it a pinata a clown cake or something yeah it's it's very all over the place and at no point does anyone say that it's a halloween party it looks like it is a birthday party where people just happen to be wearing halloween costumes maybe it's really hard to tell actually yeah that's true it does look that way yeah um, yeah, yeah jamie that's right jamie like convinces freddie that there's there's jewels come yeah. look there's a bag of jewels it's like yeah, yeah, because that's that's gonna work. But apparently, it works. Yeah, Freddy's an idiot. Yeah, Freddy's not the brightest. So he he uh, Jamie lures Framey, Fred, Framey, Freddy Framey. and <laughs> Freddy and Christina into the woods, and he he gets them over to this pit in the ground, and uh, he's like, "Look, there's the bag of jewels. It's right over there." And Freddy goes over, and because it's dark, he can't see the pit because. It's dark, but he can see the bag of jewels. So he walks around the pit, <laughs> right along the perimeter, and then sees the bag of jewels. It's so ridiculous. And there actually is a bag of jewels, jewels for some reason. <laughs> he, it's like it's a white bag on the ground, and he like pulls a, a string of pearls out of it. And he's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> It's like what the hell? And then, then in the meantime, meanwhile, Jamie sneaks up behind him and somehow manages to make no noise. Gets up behind him, pushes him into the pit, mm-hmm. and we get a title screen with flashes of pit monsters and a teddy bear with glowing eyes. Yes, the pit monsters also have glowing eyes. It kind right. of implies that there's some sort of connection between them. That maybe they never really expand on, but it does no. imply that. And then you get this, the, the music, you know, the music, it's like horrible TV mm. music, just the worst. Yeah. Totally forgettable. Just imagine any shitty TV show from the 70s. Yeah. Yeah. Like with meaningless string sections and all that shit. So, okay. So now we, we cut, it's, we're at a school and uh, the teacher, Mrs. Lind makes Jamie write on the board because He's been naughty. She He has to write, I won't bring adult books to class on the chalkboard. So this is his Bart Simpson moment where he's writing on the chalkboard and his hair is ultra punchable. The teacher finds that he's he's got a book where he's he's cut out the women's bodies in the book, like nude bodies or whatever, but, he, but he's left the head and the feet, which is really troublesome. <laughs> it's... And then she she takes the book back to the librarian 
and and the librarian oh and then she goes back to the classroom and she says to to jamie uh which i find this is a great line rub it off and go home mm-hmm. yeah rub it off <laughs> Which I'm sure he went home and rubbed it off as well. Oh, man. He's definitely at that stage of maturity. <laughs> so the, the cutout, it turns out, uh, matches the Ransom-style uh, cutout of <laughs> of her nude that he gets, sends to another teacher. It sends to the teacher. That is it the same no. teacher? It's the librarian. It's... It's the librarian. Yeah, he's found a picture of her face and he's pasted it onto the naked body from the book, the 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 library book that he has defaced. And then sent it to her in this weird ransom style letter. That's right. And (laughs) it's really, really bizarre. So he's obviously, you know, severely uh, emotionally disturbed. Yes. (laughs) So... While while the librarian is uh, matching the cutout to the to the book that's been returned, she uh, Jamie's of course peeping on her, which he has a tendency to be peeping on people at very crucial moments throughout the story. Yes, a lot of peeping. He's all the way up on like the fire escape. Yeah, it's so weird. Yeah. And then then we cut to they're at the house and uh, or we're at home and Jamie's mom is interviewing uh, like a potential babysitter. And, and warning her basically in the process, we're trying to kind of, you know, prepare her for Jamie because, you know, because of his uh, peculiarities. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, and that's that's a really excruciating scene because any, any, anybody would be like, fuck this, I'm out of here. Mm-hmm. So in the middle of this scene, we replay uh, Jamie getting punched for asking freddie if he can join his club and because that's a good place to just intersperse that scene we want to know about his peculiarities so here's here's a kind of a taste of his peculiarities he asked freddie if he could join his club freddie told him to go pound rocks or whatever so and then punched him in the face and then the and what's that oh no and and that was the flashback within a flashback that we got at the very beginning of the movie like five minutes ago yeah, so like we're we're getting it again right here. It's like why, 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 why is this happening? We could have, we could have just seen him lure the kids at the beginning of the movie, and then you know make some sort of a connection later when we see the scene where he asks to join the stupid fucking club that no one cares about. Yeah, this club that only exists in this one scene. Like there is no other mention of a club. It's. I can't imagine it's a very cool club. <sighs> yeah, yeah. There's this, and there's this girl with the guy that punches him in the face, and she's got a bike with her. She laughs in Jamie's face. So then we cut back, and mom is warning the sitter that, uh, you know, well, one thing about Jamie, you know, you might find that he uh, will, he has a tendency to develop a crush on his babysitters, which is really the understatement of the century. Oh yeah, <laughs> a crush is the least of her concerns. <laughs> so. We find out that Sandy, this, the, the 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 babysitter, is uh, paying her way through college by babysitting uh, exceptional children, as she says. And then she she says some of them are real terrors, <laughs> <laughs> which is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and then we hear about poor Jamie. Everyone treats him bad. And then Dad comes home, and Dad has a really impressive uh, 
middle-aged white guy afro and polyester suit oh man he puts off some vibe <laughs> this is where i put fuck their decor <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah the inside of the house is just horrible oh, man everything's like like barf barf brown and oh and picture, avocado green picture the inside of a house in 1980 wisconsin Yes, and there and it there, is, and there you are. Yeah, <laughs> lots of crockery. Think, think, think. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, it's it's the best uh, macrame. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that now we see Jamie. He's he's. Uh, we see this lady. Sorry, we see this old lady in a wheelchair. She's blind lady, and she's she's talking about him. She sees him, and she says that he's not right. He's going to grow up to be quote one of those hippies. Because <laughs> I mean, clearly, that's what he's all about: peace and love. Yeah, that's this kid. I guess hippie is like a catch-all for losers. Um, As it turns out, Jamie has these strange imaginary friends, and uh, his dad thinks he's a nutcase, Mm -hmm. and uh, he's he's got a little terrarium in his room, and he's uh, he keeps his friends in there a toad, and also snakes, right? Yeah, I think he might have snakes too. He has other animals. Yeah, all in the same terrarium together. Yeah, yeah, snakes and toads in a terrarium. It must be a really well-fed snake. <laughs> what a cool kid. Oh, Let's go best. to his house. He's just the best. <laughs> so then there ha- we cut to them. They're having dinner, and there's all these really disgusting, pointless close-ups of people's mouths as they're eating with all these, like... <laughs> Yeah, and it's it's from Jamie's perspective. He's like close up looking at their mouths while they're having normal dinner food, but then whenever it moves into their mouth, it's all of a sudden scrambled eggs. <laughs> and he seems yeah, he seems totally unbothered by it, which makes it super pointless for us to have to watch and listen to. It's like Jamie Vision, but we're the ones that were disturbed. He doesn't even care. Oh, it's so wet and chompy. <laughs> and pointless. Yes. <laughs> and then, so as 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 Jamie is essentially basic instincting the sitter under the table, <laughs> yes. his, his parents are like, none of that, young man. Mm-hmm. And, then, <laughs> and then we get the come hither smile, which is absolutely disgusting. <sighs> and then the parents leave. They drive away. They've They've left forever apparently it's they don't really where are they going do you remember where they're going i think they are traveling to vancouver because they're gonna start a movie production company there (laughs) and it's cheaper (laughs) oh my god and it also looks exactly like the scene in butcher baker nightmare maker where She's holding the baby and they're driving away never mm-hmm. to return. Yeah, yeah, it's very similar. That must have been yeah. a real fear back then. Yeah, of parents <laughs> driving away. Ooh, it's just terrible. Baby. Yeah, <laughs> it's so fucked up. So, of course, the second they leave, he's instantly creepy with Sandy. <laughs> and and it, she she drops her knife and he, like murder creep, tries to grab it. You know, like, oh, here, I'll get it. And then there's this strange standoff, and he's like, well, I'm, I'm going to go talk to Teddy. <laughs> so he goes up to his, just out of nowhere. So he just, he goes up to his room, and then he, when he says talk to Teddy, he basically means Teddy talking to him. Mm-hmm. Because then we get, in his voice, with like extra reverb, 
She's just what we've been waiting for. Ugh, yeah. Yeah. And in there, in that weird scene where she drops the knife and he wants to pick it up and she's going to pick it up, she says that women can do things for themselves now. And it's just like this one little barb of that in there where it's like, where, what are you going after? What's, what, where's... Hmm, I don't yeah, know. Okay. I, don't, I don't really feel the women's lib in this movie, but okay. No, no I don't. <laughs> um, uh, so, so then all of a sudden we see the bicycle girl from earlier and the librarian lady. They're in uh, their living room and they're doing these weird stretches. They're, they're both like sitting down anus down on the floor with their legs stretched out wide <laughs> and they're like like canoe like like pringle pringle spooning each other while doing this and and with their arms up high going to the left one two to the right one two to the left one two <laughs> at a fast pace <laughs> And they're talking about Jamie the whole time because no one in this movie can have a conversation that is not about Jamie. Oh my God. <laughs> and uh, they, they come to it like, like the librarian's like, no, don't say bad things. And the girl's like, well, then how would you describe it? And she says, I'd say that he's distressing, <laughs> which <laughs> great word. Yes, he yes, is he quite is. distressing. <laughs> yes, he is. Um, and then in the bedroom that night, oh God, Jamie is in the bed with Teddy and Teddy is giving him instructions on how to get a look-see yet <sighs> at the babysitter's boobies. He's like, yeah. oh yeah, no, she's in there right now. And then this is going to happen. And then what we're going to do is it's going to be like this. And then you are going to get to see some boob. <laughs> Total score. Oh, man. Um, and then they talk about whether or not Jamie should tell her about the secret things that we're, that the movie's alluded to, but not explicitly stated are there. Which is weird that the opening scene has the pit in it, but... Doesn't have them in it, but then we see them in the title. Oh, it's so mad. Like <laughs> it's a little jack. Yeah. Was it in this scene where he does like he sees like the silhouette of her boob? Is that was that here where um, he like asks for water? I'm trying to remember if that's the scene. I I think it might no no no, it's when she it's it's when he's he goes in the morning and sees like is watching her I was gonna say eavesdropping, but he's no. like like peeping tomming her as she's sleeping. Yeah, yeah. And that and that does happen next. The next morning, um Oh yeah, get... yeah. I, I see what you're referring to, like when he kind of gets like the silhouette. Yeah. The... Yeah, yeah. Because because there. Yeah. Because for for her nighttime clothes to walk around and bring him water, she wears a a thin veil of gauze and nothing else and it only like comes down to just the very bottom of her labia and nothing <laughs> below there and and so he gets her to bring him a glass of water and then he takes a sip and then he waits for her to get to the door and he's like wait and waits for her to like turn and he can get like the the silhouette shadow of one titay and he's like 
oh nothing that's fine (laughs) it's so creepy and then the next morning we get a (laughs) close-up oh god here it comes we get a close-up of what appears to be just a a personal pan-sized pepperoni pizza surrounded by a loose blouse (laughs) your pepperonis are showing and it's just heaving up and down (laughs) and we see that what's going on is that while she has slept one of her nipples has popped out in all of its if it's pepperoni glory and and jamie is just sitting at the edge of her bed heavy breathing on it basically it's just it's just oh it's so disgusting it is it is it is uh she wakes up she's like oh my bosom and uh you know gripes at him for being creepy uh, and I wanted to bring up a, a fun little tidbit of trivia about this movie here. Um, Lou Lehman's wife was a jealous woman. That's right. And uh, did not want him to be involved in the filming of any nude scenes, except for one nude scene. It comes at the end of the movie. And that is the nude scene involving Lou Lehman's own daughter. He can be there to film his daughter's boobies. Mm-hmm. But he cannot be in the room when the boobies of any other woman is being filmed. Mm-mm. So for this scene, this close up all the way in where you can see the follicles of the nipple. <laughs> that was directed by Ian A. Stewart, the screenwriter that hates this movie. But loves breasts. Loves them. <laughs> loves them. And is very, very educated on child sexuality. He has opinions about child sexuality. Very, very distinct opinions about child oh. sexuality. Oh, man. So so this scene, the, just all the way as zoomed in on the nipple as you can get, Ian A. Stewart's The Pit. <laughs> the pits of me nips. Oh, good. The nip. <laughs> Jamie says, I was just watching you sleep. And uh, she's not really like hugely in love with that. And uh, so because because he feels like he got in trouble, he talks to her over breakfast, tells her his secret, that secret being that there is a huge hole in the ground full of what he calls <clears throat> trollologs. <laughs> this is after he's busted out a full fucking breakfast like. 900 course breakfast oh yeah five pounds of limp bacon it's like it's like five pounds of limp bacon nine dozen eggs orange juice milk toast yep hash browns i mean he just he went all out he 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 really did they had a whole conversation about the previous babysitters because apparently some of them cooked or whatever and i even like you can see like with the pots and pans that he's using it's super from the era it's like what if what if your frying pan had a brown handle and the inside of it had like like wheat decorating the pan? Yeah. Sheaves of wheat. <laughs> uh, that's right. I forgot that the babysitter is like or Sandy's like, oh, I didn't know that you knew how to cook. <laughs> Like, like, don't fall for his fucking charms, all right? Yeah, Come on. you, you're, you're. Uh, she's the. Uh, oh, it's uncomfortable. Yeah, 
Yeah. She is she is way too okay with his advances. Yeah. Yeah, she doesn't she never really gets hip enough at the right amount in the right amount of time and it's just it's a real problem. Yeah. For such a hip girl, she does not get hip to this jive. <laughs> That's right. Um <laughs> Oh, and also in there, he says that he thinks that one of the the trollologs died, which also Ian Ian Stewart is like him calling it trollologs is just childish. I thought that was dumb. They're, they're what troglodytes? He would never say trollologs in my screenplay. <laughs> yeah, that that was the problem with the movie. Yeah, this kid <laughs> saying a childish thing instead of a nice technical term. Whatever. Um, uh, and so she doesn't believe him. He goes to visit the trollologs. Um, and the, I think he even like, oh, part of it is he asked her, what did she think they would even eat? And she was like, I don't know, maybe chocolate bars, you know, since they're made up and you're a little piece of shit. She doesn't say that. Um, <laughs> but he does, he tries to feed them chocolate bars and they just growl. We get it like an overhead shot of them. They look like, um, not gremlins, but the other ones. I don't remember what the other ones critters. Are. Yeah, critters. The one where like one of the sequels, there's a huge ball of them. Yeah, or the they, ghoulies or whatever. Not ghoulies. Those are the toilet guys. Oh, that's the toilet Fuck guys. Fuck ghoulies. Yeah. I'm just kidding. I'm it's sure those critters. movies are fine. <laughs> yeah, they're terrible. Yeah, yeah. Basically, it's just like a bunch of uh, a bunch of mullets crawling around <laughs> in the bottom of a pit. Picture uh, picture Ewoks if they'd been set on fire, like Ewok costumes if they'd mm-hmm. been set on fire for a little while, so that they're quite melty. Yeah, yeah, they're they're like anti Ewoks. I guess that would make them cows, cows. Okay, yeah, I see it. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they all have like this little backpack on, and it's a hopper, and and in that hopper is like three plates. What? No. Okay, it's a fire. Oh, it's a Star Wars joke? Yes, yeah. That famous uh, Star Wars character, Plates. Oh, Plates. <laughs> I don't think we've released that one yet. Have we? we haven't. That's a deep cut for the future. Oh, People are going to have to reverse engineer the joke. It's great. Oh, stay tuned, Swen. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Um, let's see. Uh, they go to Sandy's boyfriend's football game. Earlier, Jamie found out that she had a boyfriend. He wasn't happy or that she, yeah, she had a boyfriend. He's not happy about it. And then at the football game, Jamie actively roots against the boyfriend to the point that like Sandy's there and she's cheering because her boyfriend did a football thing. And then he's like, no, no, it's it's so good. Oh, it's so man. ridiculous. I love how Sandy in this scene looks like she's dressed like uh, fucking Sherlock Holmes. Yes. <laughs> it's got like the London fog jacket and the. what the fuck are you wearing the costume design is not very inventive in this movie but it is super like just out of nowhere like oh okay you i guess women put on unitards in order to work out in their own home because it's 1981 lots of turtlenecks oh man a lot but not the cool ones not like from uh uh black christmas these are the worst ones yeah, these are these are bad. These are synthetic oh. fibers. Oh yes, Steinmart grade uh, uh, turtlenecks, <laughs> wieners. It, it comes dirty. 
<laughs> Wieners! I forgot about Wieners! Damn! Throwback. That's store in certain parts of the country. Is it still? <laughs> no, it's gone. Okay, it's like the Shonies of wearing clothes. <laughs> Wieners! <laughs> um, and then... Um, they go back home. The guy, the the boyfriend, says that he's gonna like teach Jamie to throw a football or some shit like that. She wants him to be like a male role model for Jamie or whatever. As soon as they, <laughs> the car stops. Jamie gets out and books it for the house. Gets to the column of their covered porch, and then lurks behind it like a weirdo, probably with his ass pointing out the opposite end. <laughs> and at this point, the, the the football dude's convertible soft top, you know, like transformers out because I didn't even know they had that in 1981, but oh, is it good? So he closes <laughs> the top on his convertible and then Jamie gets to watch them play tonsil hockey and is it ever glorious but full of hate like ooh, that makes me horny but i hate it i hate it so much it's disgusting oh man so not good then later sandy hears jamie crying in his room she's all like is everything okay in there and then she hears and we can tell it's teddy because it's got the little distortion on it we hear teddy say Go away. <laughs> Jesus Christ, this movie is all sorts of fucked up. And even I like the fact that it's Teddy's voice and that she's like, oh, well, that sounds like Jamie, but it sounds weird. I guess that's his cry voice. OK, bye. Good um, for me. <laughs> then Sandy goes to the library. Miss Livingston, the librarian, is there. Sandy is looking for child psychology books. Maybe she should have read those since her career is in this. <laughs> um, and Miss Livingston uh, goes over to help her. She hasn't seen her in there before. She says, oh, I'm here. I do. I, I babysit Jamie. And she's like, oh, Jamie's a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie is 12 buckets of shit. You're going to need more of these books. Um, and that's about the end of that. The, uh, Jamie goes over to the bicycle girl and uh, she apologizes for being mean to him earlier in the movie when she called him like a weirdo or whatever and wouldn't let him play on her bike. And he doesn't have a bike because he did a bad thing with the bike, right? Isn't yeah, that a detail yes. that we got? Yeah. Some something dumb, like that. Yeah. Something he shit on it or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, he shit on his own bike. <laughs> Um, and so she was like, I'm sorry, I was mean to you here. You can play on my bike. And so uh, Jamie thinks that's neat. He jumps on it to ride away on it. And it turns out that it's um, she has disassembled her entire bicycle, but put it together in a way where it looks like it's assembled all for this moment where she knew Jamie was going to be there precisely at this time. And so when he jumps on it, it falls apart into like 20 individual bicycle pieces and she <laughs>, laughs at him. Yeah, totally not um, stupid at all. No, not, not dumb at all. Um, Mrs. Miss Livingston is there because bicycle girl is her niece um and she's 
not super mad at the girl for having done this. She's just like, uh, you shouldn't do that. Also, Jamie, never play with my niece. Now leave. And then Jamie goes away and basically the little girl in Miss Livingston have a laugh at his expense because she's horrible. And the little girl is horrible. Everyone in this movie is horrible. Yeah, I referred to the little girl as a ginger bucket of shit. (laughs) (laughs) Um, While this is going on, Sandy is cleaning up in the house and she finds Jamie's porn, which is uh, quite tasteful, Mm -hmm. if I remember correctly. Very classy. Uh, Yeah, he, he really just likes the artistic nude figure photography. That's his jam. The lady with uh, the fold legs and then the arm like pointed up elbow over her head. Oh yeah, cut off them head and feet, and that's that's Jamie's style. <laughs> um and then while while she finds his porn, she starts talking to Teddy like, surely he's not old enough for this to have started already. And uh and then she she and she's confused because like he's got porn under his bed, but also he has a teddy bear that he talks to. She's like, mm, this is a weird combination of child psychology. Obviously myself, a undergrad is the right person to be treating this child in this manner. Um, and so she leaves, she puts the porn back, she puts Teddy back. And then as she's walking away, we see Teddy's head pivot to watch her leave as the music gets tense. What is the whole fucking deal with teddy bears supposed to, that are supposed to be scary? They're never scary. They're... I cannot think of a time that they've been scary. Maybe the, like, giant, like, animatronic size could be a little scary. Yeah, and I'm sure there's people that are scared to buy them. But it just in general, I don't... They just don't seem that... They're teddy bears, for fuck's sake. Yeah, they, it's not an uncanny valley thing because teddy bears don't do the uncanny valley. No. Um, I don't know. No, there's a, Remember, there's the teddy bear and the empty man that's supposed to be scary. I mean, it's... I, guess I fucking it's, love that teddy bear. <laughs> I guess the use of it is creepy, but it's not particularly scary, the teddy bear. Yeah. That is a great teddy bear. <laughs> I love that scene where he comes out in his onesie pajamas and a baseball bat and that teddy bear is just there. That that made me so happy. <laughs> his jammies. Yeah. His flannel onesie with the butt, butt pouch. <laughs> Why? Why is he wearing Okay. Uh-oh, this must represent reality. He's wearing his underoos, apparently. <laughs> it's fucking amazing. Oh man. Yeah. Well, anyways. So so now we get we we have we see Jamie, this like this close up scene of him and his toad. Uh I, I don't know why that's a whole thing. Like the whole Jamie that like when they first show you the the his little terrarium or whatever, that's it's kind of following on the heels of his parents talking about how strange he is, like how he has peculiarities. And then they show he has a terrarium with reptiles in it or whatever. It's like Oh, wow. What a freak. <laughs> yeah. You know, those mentally unhinged people that keep terrarium creatures. <laughs> so weird. So Sandy, she tries to, she decides she's going to try and talk some sense into Jamie, um, which doesn't work, of course, because he's Jamie. And uh, while she's doing this, he's too busy stroking a toy train to learn about to- trolls and mm. trogs. And, you know, it's, it's, it's horrible. 
But oh, that's right. He's putting he's putting it together, right? He's like assembling a train model set. Yeah, yeah, I think that's what it was. And she's trying to she's just trying to basically like talk some reason into him. Like you're trying to you're basically trying to tell an insane person why they don't need to be insane. Like it doesn't it's a complete waste of time. It's, yeah. It's, what if you would just be normal, Jamie? <laughs> It's like he is being normal for himself. Child psychology. This is where I put, um, I never get tired of the troubled male storyline while all the females are just fodder for fantasy power and control. Yes. It's like these movies are all the same. Yeah. (laughs) Unfortunate. Um, But but it's okay because it really, things kind of take a turn for the more, you know, sensible um, because she agrees to give him a bath. Yeah, she's like caught him peeping on her. She's found his porn. She she knows she knows what's up. She's reading books about child psychological development. And then she goes in for he even he asked to if she'll scrub his back and she's like, "All right, but only if you stay under the water." Dude, that's gross. You're being weird. <laughs> Yeah, that was, there's, man, there's no fucking way on earth that she would have given him a bath. Mm-mm. Not, not unless she wanted to, which she clearly did not. But did she? Maybe she did. <laughs> Jesus. Like, I don't know. I, don't she know. She, she, I kept waiting for her to reach into the water. I was like, oh. <laughs> It is a, a whole uncomfortable scene. <laughs> it really is. Oh, Tammy, I seem to have dropped the set. <laughs> oh. I'll just, it's got to be around here somewhere. Oh, okay. <laughs> Oopsie daisy. God. So he tells her, this is, yeah, he tells her that he loves her while she's bathing him, which is mm-hmm. just a fuck. It's like, oh. And it's all like the, the cringy, like roundabout because he's talking about someone that he loves, but she's so much older than him and he's not even sure. And then she like, confronts him about it she's like are you talking about me jamie and he's like well (laughs) god's unfortunate oh and then we find out that his mom bathes him a lot and he says to her a lot and then he says to her do you know why my mother washes me so much she really wants to get me clean He he says something. He doesn't even think he's that dirty. Sometimes <laughs> it's like, oh dear God! Oh, oh. and yeah, that—that's what makes her uncomfortable. Like all the way up to this point, she's just having a good old time scrubbing him down, and then now at this point, she's like, hmm, I don't know about that. Everything was kosher until that moment. <laughs> Oh dear God! Then he asks her if she enjoys bathing him, and it's it's she doesn't respond, but it's pretty obvious that the answer is no. Yeah. <laughs> At that point, she says that he can finish up, and we escape that that scene with with somewhat limited amount of damage, <laughs> psychic damage, oh, and then God. Uh, we cut to uh, Sandy and Mrs. Lind, who are. They're having a little jog. Yeah, somehow they go jogging together. Yeah, it's they. There's no, there's no connection between the two that we know of, or, but they're okay. So now they're going jogging together. That's fine. What could they possibly have to talk about? <laughs> I mean, 
if there was only something in this town that was of interest to the citizens. So they decide to talk about Jamie. Yes. Who has the highest IQ in his class. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. So good. Smart yeah. kid. So, yeah. And so just more horse shit about him and how he's super smart, but, you know, but, you know, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> and so... Now that we cut to Jamie, who's trying to feed chocolate bars to the trollologs. Oh, that's and, this, this is when it's the chocolate bars. Yeah, he's trying to he's trying to feed them the chocolate bars. They're not really impressed, and so he goes back to the library and picks out a book about animal husbandry. <laughs> Mrs. Mrs. Living's Ms. Livingston sees him, and you know she she catches on that you know kind of she's like spying on what he's reading basically and yeah. then you see him he's looking at this book and there's he's reading stuff about like animals that are flesh eaters and you know carn- carnivorous animals and blah 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 and and then in the meantime he uh he he's done with his whatever at the library gets his book takes off goes to the butcher shop and buys what was it? Twenty five dollars worth of beef or something? Yeah, like, it was. It was whatever money he had. And the guy was like, "Well, what do you want? You want uh, ground beef? You want uh, chuck?" And uh, he's like, "Yeah, half of each. Yeah, that's right. this much." He's like, "Well, that's that's a lot of meat, kid. Jesus, <laughs> that's right." And he's like, "Well, it is for five people." <laughs> so horrible. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It is for five dot 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 people. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so he takes his his haul of beef uh, to the pit and dumps the mon- the 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 meat in. Of course, they love it. So now he knows. Ah, okay. So they don't like chocolate. They like meat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Go figure. Nice. Because um, you know he has the highest IQ in class, which apparently isn't saying much. Because he thought he could feed troglodytes candy bars. Yes, and after he read about troglodytes, he decided to call them trollologs because he has the highest IQ in his class. (laughs) Well, it is for five (laughs) people. (laughs) Fucking douche hole. Everyone in this movie is terrible. (laughs) So so now Sandy, or Shandy, however you want to pronounce it, Shandy is in the shower. <laughs> uh, uh, Sandy's in the shower, and she's got, of course, the curtain is open. The shower yeah. curtain, because just, that's how, you know. Yeah. I often take a shower and just forget that the shower curtain on the water side is half open. Yeah, yeah. You just leave it open about like one boob's width, just enough so that my my balls and my 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 meat and two frank or just meat and two veg are just hanging out the side there. Yeah, yeah. You gotta you gotta keep it open enough so someone can see you nude in profile the whole time. <laughs> someone like Jamie. Oh <laughs> I like that he didn't even go in there for a peep. He went in there for a completely different reason, but just because she <laughs> comports herself in a way she uh he he got an entire eyeballs full of that sandy just because ian stewart really needs to get a lot of boobage in there <laughs> that's right i didn't think about it yeah this is probably almost definitely another ian stewart directed scene <laughs> not it's his movie effort yeah <laughs> so he, he catches a glimpse of boobage and uh 
uh, which is, this has been working out pretty well for him. He's caught quite a few glimpses. And uh, he also gets, gets all, that ass in this one. Yeah, that's true. And then he, he goes, it turns out the reason he's in there is so he can write, <laughs> I love you on the bathroom mirror with a red marker. Yeah. In huge letters. And you just know that was Teddy. He was like, hey, you know what would be cool, though? <laughs> oh, my God. And then he's all he's all breathy. It's disgusting. And then he goes and goes back to his room and him and Teddy are waiting to see, like to hear, you know, what, what her reaction. And uh, yeah, she's not happy. Yeah. <laughs> she's very upset. <laughs> Go figure. She yeah. screams and then comes in like in nothing but a towel. Yes, exactly. She's super angry. And and clearly he's feeling bad because he asks her for a photograph. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She's basically saying that she's going to leave, that she can't yeah. do this anymore. <laughs> and his response is before you go, will you give me a photograph of yourself for no reason? I, I, yeah. I will do anything with it. I'm not going to put that in the spank bank. No. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the, then he steals money from her purse. Cause he wants to buy more, more meat for the trollologs. <laughs> and uh, the, the, that scene goes on for way too fucking long. It's just, yeah. it's just like, okay, it doesn't, we don't need, we know that he took the money. We don't have to see him take the thing out and then it falls on the floor and then he picks yeah. it up and then he takes the money. You know, it's like 10 minutes of him stealing money out of her purse. It's not tense, but in true 1980s fashion, the thing that falls down is a ashtray. No, oh, that's right. The ashtray. <laughs> And she, in the meantime, Sandy's like outside in the yard watering, like gardening. She's standing in one spot, hosing this one spot. Yeah. Then they cut to him and we have the whole like money stealing shenanigans, which goes on for like 170 hours. Yeah. And then they cut back to her and she's standing in the exact same spot, still <laughs> watering the same little spot in the garden. Yeah. It's like, hey, uh, uh, Sandy, I think you got that spot. I think you can move on. Sandy really likes it when things get wet, you see. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> so, oh God. All right. So she's watering the garden. She, apparently she's going to be watering the garden for quite some time. So he takes off and on his, along the way, he runs into the ginger demon and oh, uh, Miss Livingston. And uh, they refer to him as a stupid dick face or something. I don't know. <laughs> can't remember what i believe that is their diction (laughs) that boy has a stupid dick face (laughs) art livingston is that boy a stupid dick face yes yes he is (laughs) teddy teddy said he's going to come up with a plan to uh he's now going to come up with a plan to feed the trawl logs because jamie's broke he doesn't you know i mean he only steals so much money apparently his parents only left him so much can only steal one twinzo. Yeah. So, uh, so the, the teddy bear suggests, uh, what about Mrs. Livingston? Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, so Jamie and Teddy enact their Miss Livingston scheme, which seems like it's going to be a hostage situation with a cash payout. Right. Um, And you see what's happened is that Jamie has taped himself uh, Home Alone 2 style uh, and and calls her on the payphone, hits play. And so 
then has this conversation with her with where it's him just on the uh, the recording of him and her actually talking on the phone he says that uh the bicycle girl has been kidnapped that he's kidnapped her and that uh it, but then instead of making a ransom demand he has now made it to her window and he wants her to uh take off her clothes um and he has a polaroid camera and she does it she just takes off her unitard uh and and points those titties at the window and he takes photos of her and at that very moment abergail uh her her niece the bicycle girl whose name is always pronounced abergail um walks in and is like aunt livingston what the fuck is wrong with you <laughs> and then she clasps her clothes to her bosom and like looks out the window and is like you little shit and it's a very comical moment for everyone oh my god it's that is the weirdest whole like okay the teddy bear has just basically told him that his great plan is that they're going to start luring people into the pit and they're going to start with miss livingston so he enacts this plan uh jamie enacts the plan by calling her and convincing her to take her clothes off yeah so he can okay. take a picture of her yeah okay sure yeah that okay i'm not sure how the trogs fit in but sure well you see john uh this movie is not in any way a reflection of weird masculine com complexes in 1980s america oh okay yeah. well at least i can check that off yeah you see whenever miss livingston took her clothes off at the window at n in no way did it even seem a little bit like she was enjoying herself <laughs> okay you want to see it you got it bet buster brown <laughs> What was almost certainly another scene in which Ian Stewart was directing. I'm starting to get get a certain impression about Ian Stewart. Yeah, Ian Stewart, who who wanted Jamie to be young enough that he would be obsessed with peeking and showing, but not touching and fucking. He <laughs> didn't want Jamie to be at the fuck stage when Jesus. all of these things happened to him. <laughs> fucking hell. Oh boy. Um let's see. Where else what else is there even to talk about? Um oh yeah, he shows the photos to Teddy. Teddy, quote, I'm gonna look at these a lot. Oh. <laughs> it's so it's like what wait, no, what what I thought the plan was to lure her into the pit. <laughs> no, no, it was to to lure lure out them gazingas. Just get him unleashed. Because him and him and Teddy are going to have a fraught session. <laughs> going to do some docking up in here. Lemon party. Oh, they're so old. <laughs> uh, Sandy then confronts Jamie about stealing the money. It doesn't really go great for anyone. She asks her boyfriend, Alan, to talk to him. Uh, and Jamie is like a spy, uh, got his hand over the receiver on the other one and is listening into their phone conversation. And he gets upset about it. He's like, hmm. <clears throat> he then <laughs> goes to the butcher shop 
where a truck is making a meat delivery and he tries to steal an entire cow's leg worth of meat, but his shrimpy little body is incapable of lifting it. And then a guy walks around the corner. He's like, hey, what are you doing? Get the fuck out of here. And he runs away. The fuck are you doing, you idiot? <laughs> you're, you're a dumbass. What, what's going on? Stop that. His muscular body, not muscular enough to carry a side of beef. Not quite there yet. Um, mm-hmm. Then he tries to steal a whole cow. <laughs> Still alive. He's got a rope and he's got it and he's like trying to pull it and it doesn't want to go where he's pulling. And he talks to it and he even says that's okay i didn't want to have to kill you anyway you stay here oh yeah the whole reasoning with the cow while the music is the wacky like the zany moment music (laughs) it is he's just like guys you know mr cow because you know people were gonna eat you anyway so but uh, you know, I guess I didn't want to have to do that. Okay, well, I guess I'll see ya. Oh, man. It, it's the type of humor that your grandma would find hilarious and adorable in a movie that your grandma would find horrifying. <laughs> in a movie that would cause your grandma to put you in a military academy. Oh, oh yes. <laughs> oh, well, that one part was funny. Yeah. um and then he decides he's going to try with chickens and so he has broken into someone's chicken coop and there's a lot of comical business of him trying to catch chickens because you see it's very difficult to catch a chicken as a fucked up country boy that used to catch chickens all the time i can tell you it's hard to catch chickens He caught he caught a couple of them, but he just couldn't hang on to them. And then he had to he did that thing where he's like you know face down on the ground and he's got to like pound the ground like. Ugh. Yeah, his overacting is 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 amazing. Oh man, I hope he gets a career in dance. <laughs> Enjoy. <laughs> um, at this point, Teddy tells him there's only one thing left, and that is that we know an awful lot of nasty people awfully nasty people that's right (sighs) and then he um goes first one he goes to is of course abergale the bicycle girl and uh he's like talking up a little persuasion about how we've never gotten along but that's okay it's time to make a fresh start and he wants to if 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 she lets him borrow her bike for real he will show her a secret bike path and she's like yeah fat chance i know all the bike paths <clears throat> and he's like all right then i'll show you so he during cartoonish music uh he like leads her into the woods and she's mountain biking kind of on her little street her little sidewalk bike and having a hard time and sure enough, he pushes her into the pit. 
tricks her right into the pit because apparently she's blind all of a sudden. Like, how did she not see the fucking gigantic hole in the middle of the woods? Yeah. Yeah. So the first one he feeds is Abigail. And at this point is important because uh, it's going to be happening a lot. When you go into the pit, mm-hmm. there is a way, an order of events in which you die. First, yeah. You don't know the pits there usually. So occasionally, you know the pits there. Right. But what happens is, uh, as you are, as your, as your like center of gravity is shifting, and 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 you are striving for terminal velocity, at that point you scream, and then no impact noise occurs. <laughs> but as soon as you are no longer visible. Above right. the rim of the pit, you are screaming. Once you are no longer visible, now below the rim of the pit, you stop screaming. There is no sound of your body hitting the ground. There is no sound of your body being torn apart. There mm-hmm. is just the sound of the pit monsters, the trollologs, making grunties. <laughs> Every time. Yeah, yeah. So as soon as you realize... That as soon as you fully realized that you were falling into the pit, that's when you stop screaming. Yeah. You yeah. apparently you fall through some time portal. Yes. And then the trollologs start groaning. Yes. It, what is it? Is it outer range? Far range? What's the what's the new uh show with Josh Brolin and Imogene Poots? Oh, I can't remember. Yeah, it's like outer range or something. Outer range, yeah. And it's about a hole that you fall in. Imogene Poots from Black Christmas the third one yeah the third remake yeah and vivarium all one yeah oh vivarium yeah 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 i love imogene poots go imogene poots yeah (laughs) go miss poots you do it poots (laughs) (laughs) um so yeah the cartoonish music she goes in the pit he steals um oh man yeah that's right because there's the old blind lady that said that he was going to turn into a hippie and she's there. And the old lady that pushes her around, isn't there for a second. So he steals her. There's this whole very long scene of him dish disengaging the brakes on her scooter bike. And then he pushes her all the way out of the neighborhood, into the woods, down the path, into the pit. Not, not her scooter, though. That he apparently ditches behind a police station or something? I don't remember where it ends up. After joyriding it out of the woods. That's right. <laughs> yeah, it's like... Like, he's not strong enough to carry a side of beef, but he's strong enough to push an entire fucking human in a wheelchair up a hill through the woods. You know, whatever. Yeah. But the, the zany music probably motivated him. Yeah. And I believe when, when we talked about it, you you had uh, uh, juxtaposed this movie with the movie Mac and Me. And I believe this scene is the reason why, because in Mac and Me, there's the famous scene with the kid going down the hill towards the pit in a wheelchair. And, and this this movie has this scene <laughs> with this with with this music. It's like what? I thought this was a horror movie. What the fuck? Yeah, it it gets very silly. Like I don't know why, but (laughs) that's what we're doing. And then yeah, you're right. He uh, he uh, 
drives drives the scooter out, which now he could steal a side of meat because all he'd have to do is pull it out of the truck and onto that scooter because that scooter is apparently quite rugged. <clears throat> um, he, next up is Alan, the boyfriend. Uh, he gets Alan to play catch with him and keeps like, oh, the ball went further into the woods. Oh, oh, I'm going far. I'm going long. I'm going long. Come (laughs) deeper into the woods to play football catch with me. Fucking Uh, Becker. Yeah. (laughs) And, and, And here the music turns into like weird, like John Philip Sousa marching band nonsense. Oh my God, I know. <laughs> and of course, Alan, whoop, into the pit, screams all the way until you can't see the actor anymore. Stop screaming before you hit the ground. M. Et. I guess because football is America, therefore we have to John Philip Sousa. John Philip Sousa, your ass right into the pit. <laughs> so fucking stupid. Because he's a bad. Because he only lets he only puts bad people in the pit. Why is that yeah. guy bad? He didn't do anything. He didn't do anything. He just made kisses on Sandy. Oh, that's right. He busted a move on the love of Jamie's life. Yeah. God. <sighs> yeah. Which yeah. she is definitely going to be real broken up. <laughs> Alan's departure. Yeah, really upset. Oh, man, can barely go on with her dates. <laughs> so back at the house, back at the crib, Jamie and Teddy are talking about finding more meat because apparently these things are never satiated. Like, I don't know. It's weird. And so um, then we go back to the opening scene again, right? The Halloween scene, which... Yeah. Like the whole fucking thing. They show the whole scene again. The entire scene. It is more than a minute of scene over again. So apparently through the course of this story, it maybe was in the fall or maybe just for no apparent reason, he just showed up at some party where kids wore Halloween costumes for no reason. Yeah. He is dressed all the way in in, in both the... the original scene that we saw and in this exact same scene that we're seeing he is dressed like a scooby-doo ghost he's got like a sheet over his head with the eye holes and then like a piece of fabric tying it around his neck yeah so it looks like one of those those like lollipop ghosts with the <laughs> tissue paper over them or something yes yeah. it's like in those movies you know the movies where like it it starts in media rest and then it's like the voiceover goes I bet you're wondering how I got into this mess. <laughs> but he never says that. It just does that thing and then it's worse. <laughs> it's uh it's fucking horrible. So we have to watch the whole seat again, which is ridiculous because it wasn't that good the first time. Yeah. And we watch Freddie walk around the edge of the pit to get the bag, pull the string of pearls out, and then Fuckface sneaks up behind him and pushes him in the pit because, you know, that that we needed to see that twice. Yeah. So back to the regular movie, Jamie's chasing Christina through the woods, the, uh, the little girl in the tutu. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, he gets her up to the edge of the tutu and sneaks up uh, edge at of the, the edge of the tutu edge of the pit and sneaks up <laughs> behind her again. She doesn't hear him mm-hmm. until he says something like, Hey, Christina or whatever. 
and she faints into his arms. <sighs> and then he puts her down on the ground and starts talking a bunch of horse shit about, gosh, you, you sure are pretty, but you're not pretty inside. <laughs> oh, man. And all this, this his weird justification for why he's about to feed her to troglodytes. And uh, before he does, he takes her tutu off mm. and says, you're not going to need this anymore, but I am. <laughs> I don't like it. That's not creepy at all. No. <laughs> oh, God. And then he says, I'm sorry about you and a bunch of shit about bad people. And goodbye, pretty girl, and pushes her into the pit. Yeah, he like, for a while, he's like baby carrying her. And then he just like sets her down at the edge of the pit and kicks her the rest of the way in after beginning to disrobe her. It's real not okay. It was very strange and yeah. Yeah, I was getting some strong James Franco directed backwood style movie <laughs> vibes off of it. Like this will not go anywhere good. No bueno. <sighs> So then back at the house, uh, he, she, he, Jamie's peeking through his telescope as Sandy is getting dropped off by some fucking douche with a molestache oh. and like a convertible Camaro or something like that. So clearly Sandy has gotten over her missing boyfriend. Yeah, she's moved on to like 50-year-old guy. 50-year-old porn actors. Oh, man. And, and for some reason... Jamie needs a fucking telescope to see this in the front yard. Well, you see, it's so that he can uh, look at the Soyas while from uh, from his attic perch while his uh, little sister is downstairs opening real presents. Oh God! So then she she comes in. She she oh God. She asks him about uh, Alan if he knows anything about Alan missing, and then. What does he say? Some dumb shit like, well, if he wasn't a bad person, maybe he wouldn't be missing or something like that. Yeah, he says some dumb nonsense. It, it doesn't make any sense. He also gets all threatening with like, yeah. well, there sure are a lot of people around here that I don't like missing. <laughs> That's right. And then she smacks him, which is fucking brilliant. Oh my God, this, this bathing. Oh, she's making her way through college by babysitting terrible children. And when she gets fed up with them, she just goes straight into the face slap after bathing them. It's you're going to fuck up a kid that was normal that way. Yeah. I mean, if you can't, if you can't bring the best out of a kid by jacking them off in the bathtub, then you're probably going to have to smack them around. It's okay. If you hit him, it's okay. Just make sure you tell him you're sorry. (laughs) Get naked in front of of him so that he's a little bit aroused and then make him feel shame. That'll make him normal. Sorry. Sorry. (laughs) Because Canada. Yes. We're in Canadian Wisconsin right now. So he, he, yeah, he's writing down his list of all the people that are missing. They don't eat chocolate bars. You know who they eat? Oh, God. Yeah. So he convinces her, God God only knows how this works, but he convinces her to go to the fucking pit with him 
after like laying some ridiculous guilt trip on her. Laying like, some ridiculous pipe. It's like, what? <laughs> so she, she, she accompanies him. I guess it's supposed to be the next day she accompanies him to the pit because now it's daytime. It's but, always daytime at the pit unless yeah. there's a bag of jewels around. So I guess apparently in preparation for going to the pit, she puts her fucking high heels on. Yeah. Yeah. She did not decide to go woods walking in flats. She, she, she's got her fuck me pumps on. And just in case you didn't notice that they spend about a minute and a half zoomed in on her feet, walking through the woods. (laughs) You'll make sure you'll see her twist her ankle and, Ooh, (laughs) what the fuck is going on? Yeah, there's a there's a little a little like nice sixty second scene that's perfect for little thirteen year old Quentin Tarantino in here. <laughs> that's right. Oh my god. So yeah, but we oh, that's right. We hear all this bullshit about like they get out there. Okay, so they yes. get out there, and she he's he picks up a stick and throws a fucking stick in the pit. To convince her that there's something down there, and then you hear the um, blah, 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 blah. really they they make that noise whether they're happy or sad or hungry or whatever I don't know, and she's like, "Oh, it's they're pigs. They're just pigs. It's just a pig. It's just a pig or a warthog that fell in." And then he tells her this nonsense about how they're no, they're they're trollologs. <laughs> And then she finally sees them and she freaks all the way the fuck out and decides that they must be a prehistoric species, uh, an ancient species. And then Mr. IQ says, they're not that old. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, they've got to be tens or hundreds of thousands of years old. She's like, oh, they're not, they're not that old. She's like, well, not these ones, silly. Not these ones, you fucking imbecile. You sexy little idiot. You well-developed little child. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Uh. So she she wants to go get a paleontologist, as one do. (laughs) But instead, she falls... And there's a scene of him trying to rescue what is essentially a grown woman. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a child trying to rescue a grown woman hanging over the edge of a pit. Yeah. Which of course, she falls in. Yeah, he can't even lift up a piece of frozen meat. There's no way he's gonna <laughs> uh, he's gonna rescue heels from the pit. And here we are with about ten minutes left in the movie. We get we finally get our first hint of gore. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, there, it shows them all eating, and they're all covered in like goopy movie blood. And then you see like somebody wearing a black glove, feeding fake meat into the mask of the of the creature. Yeah, with the with the glowy light bulb eyes. I'm like, wait, so they're wearing gloves? What, I don't know. <laughs> okay, sure, why not? Yeah, are they monstrous? I like that the size of them also gets really confusing because we get several different shots at sometimes they look that's shit. We'll get there. 
It's so good. Oh, oh so then he he's back home. He's upset. He's crying, which is just pathetic. Yeah. Because it's not his fault. He's so upset. And Teddy's like, you, you tried to save her, didn't you? <laughs> yeah. Well, then, so it's not your fault, is it? No. <laughs> and then Teddy says, you go to sleep now. She fell. Oh, it's horrible. Yeah. Is this also where they, they like come up with the plan, like, well, we're out of the worst people, so now we're going to have to go to, like, the minor league horror people? <laughs> I don't remember if that was there. I don't okay. I don't think it was there. Maybe okay. that, that may have already happened, but no, I guess not. Yeah. Because, well, they ate Sandy, so, yeah, maybe it is there. <laughs> A nice, delicious Sandy. So then... Like the last thing you've just seen is the teddy bear telling him to go to sleep. He's crying. And then the next scene, his parents are just, they're just home. Mm -hmm. There's no explanation for how they came home or if anyone contacted them, if they came home early, if they came home at the regular amount of time, what the fuck did this kid do in the meantime? None of that. No explanation. Parents are just home. Yep. And they're talking about Sandy being missing and, they're they're clearly very concerned. Like they, oh they, man, they don't they don't even seem to care. It's they're just like curious, basically. Yeah. They're super waspy. That's the the whole thing is that the yeah. mom is like, oh well, you know, he's just a, a shiny dicked little horrible my little man, <laughs> and the dad's like, yeah, he's terrible. I hate him, but you know what are you gonna do? Put him through college? <laughs> Probably. What are you gonna do? Give him another strokey in the bathtub? I mean. <laughs> So then the cop shows up and it's this it's this cop that's got no neck. I mean, the guy has no fucking neck. And he looks like a vampire. He's so weird looking, like an old man vampire. He's so unimpressive. <laughs> All the cops in these 70s and 80s movies are just the worst. Yeah. They're so dumb and incompetent. Unlike like, real police officers. <laughs> Akkad. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> oh. <laughs> there's there's a local I forget which one it is, but there's a local police force where they just are like putting in a rule that if your waistline gets too big you can't serve. <laughs> They're having to do it. <laughs> Rigid. Oh good. Okay. Woo. You must be at least this racist to serve on the police force. <laughs> Oh man, I'm in. Yeah, let's go. So the necklace vampire questions Jamie about Sandy's disappearance. And... <laughs> the irony. So he he, he explains to the, him. He's like, "Well, you know, I did see her with the molestash guy, and you know, he he really he he." Probably was him. I mean, it's just so ridiculous. He's like trying so hard to blame it on the guy that she was, you know, went on a date with. Yeah. Uh, which is stupid. And um, so then he goes, well, then they realize that, you know, they're not going to, they aren't going to be able to solve this here, even though Jamie is so clearly fucking guilty. So they're like, well, the cop says, well, 
I guess we're not going to figure this out today. Why don't you go on to bed now, Jamie? It's like, why is it your... You don't tell him when to go to bed. (laughs) No one can talk about anything that's not Jamie in this movie. Oh, my God. So he goes upstairs to go to bed, and then he sees the image of Sandy, like a really, really high-quality double exposure of her with, like, blood all over. And she's... You shouldn't tell lies like that, Jamie. And then it's all dun dun dun. <laughs> Isn't it like it? It's like in the in the glass of a grandfather clock or something like that's that. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah it's, it's like like a reflection. Yeah, which which seems like oh, okay. Now he sees her in reflections, but then later it's like nah, she just <laughs> not just in reflections. <laughs> we tried to do a symbolism, but then it was too hard. Yeah, and we were like, fuck it. There's no there's no mirrors in, in where we shot the next appearance. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so at this point, the movie stops focusing on Jamie. And now it's uh now we're doing police procedural business where they're going around and they're investigating all of these missing people. But with a high level of comical, antic-full nonsense and silly music including a scene where they've found the blind lady's scooter and one of the cops gets on there and apparently the control you see it's very funny the controller (laughs) i'm having such a hard time telling you because it's so funny the controller you see gets stuck in the go fast forward position and then he has to like do the whole thing where like his legs shoot up and he's like, Aah! it's so funny. Oh, oh. man. The physical oh. comedy. He's like the second coming of Lucille Ball. It's so good. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck is happening right now? Why is yeah. this happening? Yeah. And yeah. Wow. Um, in addition to all of this, um, we we see that even though so so J- Jamie stole the girl's tutu before he murdered her, Christine, Christine, Christina, whatever. He stole the tutu. He also uh, uh, took uh, the photos of Miss Livingston. All of this he did before he'd ever even seen Mustache Guy. Right. But then he used those keepsakes from his murders and planted them in Mustache Guy's car. So you see, it Plus must the tape, be... tape recorder with the recording of his voice. <laughs> is, is that in there too? Yeah, fucking vampire neck shows him. <laughs> That's fuck, he's like holds it up and he's like, well, what's going on here, Mr. Molestache? In... Uh, How do you explain these items in your car? Incontrovertible proof. Fucking goddamn. At a point when they already had fingerprint technology. They also had ear technology. Yeah, basic ear technology. Well, this sounds like someone ran uh, little, little Jamie's voice through a computer, but a child couldn't have a computer. It must be a mustache. Clearly, this guy with the mustache that drives the convertible Camaro is a very clever criminal. Oh, yeah. So 
Case closed. It was the mustache guy. Movie end over. Of, yeah. End of the police part of the story. Um, and then we go. Now Jamie is uh, he's at the pit. His family is going to move out of state or whatever somewhere else for a fresh start. And he's not going to be able to provide for the trauma logs anymore. And he's very sad about it. Doesn't and he go so, live with it? Don't they move him away to live with his grandmother or some shit? Yeah, something like that. So yeah. so his parents, who who clearly were sick of his shit already, like they, they go away, they come back, things have gotten even worse, and so they just ship him off to his grandmother. Yeah, they, I guess they figure he won't be horny for old people. <laughs> won't he? <laughs> <laughs> hey, Grandma. Bath time. Bathsies. <laughs> Um, and, and so since he's not going to be able to provide for the trawler logs, um, but he doesn't want them to die, he ties two ropes to a tree and tosses those ropes down so they can climb out and fend for themselves. That's a high IQ move right there. Oh, it's such a good move. Um, I mean, he was really he was thinking ahead, which shows a high IQ. You know, yeah. oh, those poor trollologs, how are they going to eat innocent human flesh? Oh, I know. I can tie two ropes around the tree and just throw them in the hole and then go to my grandma's house. Just toss them down. Yeah, right before I go. No problem. <laughs> I don't see uh, what could be wrong with this. Um, so the trogs get out. They start eating everyone. Um, <laughs> there is a scene with a a young couple uh, at a mud pit, I guess you would call it. It looks like maybe mining used to go on there, and this is just what's left over of the sludge. Um, and and um, they are clothed while swimming around in it, and the guy gets tired, decides to take a nap peekaboo style, um in just his little cutoffs meanwhile his girl is like come into the sludge let's do tick stuff <laughs> and he's like nah i'm gonna i'm gonna take a nap and get a real weird tan line going i'm tired <laughs> and so Yay, is what that means <laughs> <laughs> so so then she waits a little while then takes off her top so that her dad can film her tits in real life. And and to be fair, kudos to dad, because they're they're remarkable, really. Great job, Dad. <laughs> I mean, if you're gonna film a pair, you might as well make it those two. Way to pass on them titty jeans. Oh man. He must have been so proud. Oh man, look at her go. You know, you did the best you could with what you had, Ian, but... <sighs> I'm glad my wife let me do this scene. Jesus, God. This movie's so fucked up. It's, it's really messed up. And the instant them titties come out, uh, then the monster bumps out of the water behind her and gets her. We, we've seen them now. We saw them climb out. And, and what's going on here... Dear listener, is we've got we've got little people. We have mm -hmm. we have we have people with dwarfism and other such business 
I guess for the anime fans, I guess I would say they are in like Go Tanks costumes, yeah. where where it's uh, it, I guess kind of like a hedgehog. If a hedgehog could walk around on their hind legs, looking business, and um, but in this scene with the tits out, with the daughter's tits out. It's like a full-size creature from the Black Lagoon style, yeah. one of those that gets her at full yeah. height. Yeah. yeah. What the hell? Yeah. Yeah, when she's getting trogducted into the lake, she's it's like full... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. At least 5'10", whereas in all of the other scenes, we're looking in the three to four foot range. <laughs> so... Okay, sure. Yeah, why not? That happens. So yeah, uh, they start finding people that have been eaten all over the place and whenever you're a police officer and you live in a small town say maybe a college town where addicts house serial killers or a strange canadian wisconsin town where pits hold ancient monsters you get the local nra you find all of the guys wearing hunting caps you get them to get their rifles and it's time to go on a little sweeperoo Night of the Living Dead style. Yep. <laughs> yep. It's also Night of the Living Dead. All the movies are here. <laughs> and uh, and they sweep the leg. No, wait, no. They sweep <laughs> the forest. <laughs> Effectively, like, like they're all of ten dudes. And yeah. they do like they do like the thing where you're like cleaning up uh litter or searching for evidence where you know like fingertips out gentlemen we're gonna not let them through and they manage to to encircle the trollologs and get them to jump down into the pit which <laughs> these these troglodytes are are no mere beasts they have high acrobatic <laughs> competency yes. we see one it jumps into the pit but mid jump it twists around 180 degrees catches the rope so it can then repel the rest of the way down it's like holy shit those guys have been down in that pit for years training for this moment <laughs> Couldn't they have done like a trog stack and hopped right out of there? Oh man, it seems like it because these are like some Cirque du Soleil style troglodytes. It is impressive. Yeah, that little move, it was like, whoop, whoop, hey, what the fuck was that? Oh, alacrodites. I don't know. It's very impressive. Uh, and then the local NRA just shoots them all to death. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. They're highly athletic, not real bright. Oh, there's the scientific breakthroughs. Slaughter them. Make them unrecognizable as flesh. Just keep shooting until there's nothing left. Yep. Okay. Done. Yeah. Except no! <laughs> because now Jamie has to go live with his grandparents. He goes to live with his grandparents in some cornfield. Um... Near this cornfield is a little girl who is going to be his new playmate. They go off into the woods uh, to play. They start talking about uh, neat stuff that she found. Near this cornfield, it turns out, is a 100% identical forest, almost like they couldn't afford a second set <laughs> with a pit at the center. And Jamie walks up to the edge of the pit and he's like, hey, I know what these are. 
they're called trollologs and they eat people and she says i know and pushes him in movie (laughs) actually over oh my god it's such a great ending what the fuck (laughs) that's that's a that's an m night shamalama ding dong shock right there is the is the implication that these holes are opening up everywhere or is the implication that he just happened to go to the one other place where a troglodyte hole had opened yeah are they following him around is he psychically causing troglodyte holes to open in the ground did she have a teddy bear (laughs) it's there's so many questions that have to be answered but no answers here because I don't believe no. there's a sequel. But this movie definitely needs a sequel. It really does need a sequel. That's yeah. that's true. Yeah, I want I want Imogene Poots to play this little girl as an adult, still yeah. talking to her motherfucking teddy bear. She's probably also got Jamie's teddy bear now and is just still feeding people to the pit. Nice. The pit. Y'all want to come see the pit? Daddy, I'm going to go pray about my marriage at the pit. <laughs> Looks like I'm gonna get my menzies. Should I go down by the pier? Oh, oh. I swear I was just touching myself. <laughs> oh fuck, dude! This movie is very strange, and I love it. Very strange, incredibly entertaining, completely ridiculous, not scary at all. Uh uh-uh. uh, no. in any way, shape, or form. Not even a little bit. Maybe as a reflection of American society circa 1981. Terrifying. Terrifying in that <laughs> yeah. respect. Yeah. Yeah. Like the things that were and were not okay in this <sighs> dynamic is just woo. Yes, if you're if you consider this movie a mirror being held up to 1980 America, very scary. Terrifying. I guess. Not just America, but Canada too. You guys are in this with us. You yeah. We, d- we we just were here. We we provided the stage upon which Canada was able to tell this story. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> no kidding. Uh, yeah. Wow. So Ian Stewart's screenplay mm-hmm. was that the teddy bear wasn't really demonically possessed, wasn't really talking to them. And the troglodytes in the pit weren't real either. That all of those things were only taking place in Jamie's head. Ah. And that the rest of everything else was just Jamie talking about things that are fake. Ian Stewart thought that was a good idea for a movie. So no one actually dies in in the book or whatever? Correct. Not in the book, in the screenplay. Screenplay, sorry. Yeah. So, uh, wow. Okay. And so the director was like, mm, nah, how about we make the things in the pit real? We also make the teddy bear questionable. What, and what if we added some zany music? <laughs> and lots of titty. Yeah. And Ian Stewart was like, I'd like the main character to be like an eight-year-old. That would be less creepy, you see. And <laughs> the director was like, no, we're going to get like a 13-year-old kid off of the baseball team. <laughs> then we'll just say he's 11 and then make sure and have the babysitter give him a tuggy underwater. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> get after that wee wienaroo. Jeez. Yeah, this movie, I I don't know, man. This is this might be the, 
we've covered some pretty troublesome stuff, but this might be the winner so far. Yeah, I'm trying. Well, Spider Baby was a little rough. Spider Baby was rough. Um, what is it? Uh, uh, audition, pretty rough. Yeah, audition's pretty. Yeah, it's pretty rough. Yeah, but uh, I, Glenn Morgan's Black Christmas was. Yeah. It went all the way there because, you know, Weinstein Brothers. Yeah, 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 that's true. But uh, this one's this one's pretty, pretty troublesome. Ooh, I it it's way more enjoyable when you don't like sit down and analyze it too hard. But even then, like just passively, you're like, mm, I don't think that's OK. <laughs> it's it's you know, it's hard to like justify liking horror movies when you know you're arguing about it with someone who actually knows something about them mm-hmm. because then they're going to pull up stuff like that well isn't it really just kind of a misogynistic art form that explores men and their power disproportionate power relationship with women no it's not that at all well yes it is yes well <laughs> yeah, usually that's exactly what it is what if the scary thing was times that ladies had power that men didn't have ooh wouldn't that be scary God. I, it's funny because I, I honestly i never i when we started doing this show I, I never anticipated that we would that that would be a recurring such a recurring theme mm-hmm. i mean obviously if i had thought for 2 seconds about horror movies i knew that those those are the kinds of things that pop up in horror movies of course we've all seen them i never really realized though that if you're analyzing a series of horror films, whether they be a random series like we're picking or, you know, uh, I don't know, like a curated series, whatever, you're going to come across like, you know, some really, really bothersome ideas. Oh, that yeah. Paint a picture that it, the problem isn't necessarily that <laughs> the problem isn't that that's the subject matter, which is a problem. But I mean, the the overarching problem is the movies don't seem to have any big deal with that. Like, yeah, they're just reflecting that this is the way it is. It's like, well, men are in control and women are to be controlled. Like that's just, that's just the way it is. Yeah. 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 I will say as far as um, like, you know, think audition Booker, 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 Butcher and the Baker makers. Yes. That one, those movies at least, the the things that are troublesome in them are the movie is portraying them as troublesome. It's right. saying here's a social dynamic yeah. that is that is of bother. This movie, that's true. I don't think, I don't, I, I thought, I, oh, I don't. I'm a know. little bit concerned about the people who made this movie. Yeah, yeah. I, I, uh, I mean, obviously they were like going for. Oh man, something. I feel like they overshot what was actually creepy about it and was were pushing these other things. Maybe it was just not achieving a tone that made it that way, but ooh, man, it's not good. <laughs> because the whole idea and the nonsensical quality of having this pit in the ground with these weird creatures that no explanation as to where they come from, that's kind of a children's movie kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And it would have been a decent premise for a children's movie that to be fair, would have been completely forgotten by now, but would have made more sense. But no, they decide to really inject some adult themes into it. Yes. Which makes those scenes 10 times more stupid because they don't fit. You know, you've got a kid who's like 
spying on his naked babysitter in the shower in the same movie where these little creatures are in a pit for no reason. <laughs> yes. It makes no sense. Yes. Yeah, it really does. It it all all of the time that there aren't actively engaged nipples on the screen, it pretty much feels like a kid's movie, like a yeah. silly kid's adventure movie about a kid that finds a hole in the woods and there are magical creatures in it. Also, his teddy bear is magical and talks to him. It's that movie. But then also in there, we have him feeding people to the magical creatures and him taking peeks at boobies all the time. Right. Like, like, obviously has a very unhealthy obsession with the, you know, observing naked women. And there's a lot of really troublesome interactions with other people where strange things are implied. Yeah. I really feel like he needed a babysitter that had gotten a little bit further in to her developmental psychology course. Maybe this would have been a way more boring movie. <laughs> She would have dumped his ass in the pit and yeah. we would have gotten on with it. <laughs> I like that that she has obviously taken child developmental psychology one and she's like, oh, I got this. I know how to do it. So then I guess, but then that brings you back around to the end of the movie where suddenly he's, he's the loser. Like this girl has the upper hand and ultimately in the entire story, it just takes a couple seconds of interaction with this girl and he's done yeah he's like yeah. trog bait yeah she met him he came over <laughs> she has known him for all of seconds before she decides to feed him to the troglodytes and make sure that the grandparents know that the last time that they saw him like the instant he arrived he ran away with this girl and is now gone what could be wrong with that they eat people i know Push. over. <laughs> That's kind of genius, actually. Yeah, I, I yeah, I love this movie. It's terrible. I love it. It is it is a weird time capsule, but not. I guess it's not really a time capsule because I don't feel like 1981 was this nonsense. This this movie is its own little encapsulated sphere of pure self nonsense that ruined careers. Um, <laughs> rightfully so <laughs> but but to be fair really created a, a a nice little body of well-trained dancers in toronto nice little body say that on recording <laughs> nice little body <laughs> jesus christ hi uh, i'm sammy snyder uh ian stewart the writer for this um I had one writing and directing credit before this. He oh, wrote and directed a 1978 documentary called The Highland Regiments of Canada because he's a cool guy and not at all a weird creep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. He also played self in Teddy Told Me To, an interview with Ian A. Stewart, which is probably like on the Blu-ray for this movie or something. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, You know, I'm sorry. I just have to circle back around <laughs> to Lou Lemon. And like his wife was uncomfortable with him shooting nude scenes mm -hmm. of other women. 
of other women, mm-hmm. unless it was his daughter, apparently, which is horrifying. Yeah, take a look at them titties. Why didn't he just, why wasn't his solution to just say, oh, you know what? We don't need nude scenes in this movie because they're not relevant at all. Well, I think from my excessive research on the topic that um, one of the ways that you could secure an R rating. (laughs) Yes, of course. Was with, with, with them titties. Yeah. And uh, if you were making a horror movie that wasn't R-rated, yeah, then it would do like crap because no one wanted to go see a, a non-R-rated horror movie. And so if you didn't have the budget for a bunch of cool practical effects, mm-hmm. you had to underpay some non-guild actors to mm-hmm. drop upper trow. It all makes sense. <laughs> there we go. Also, who doesn't want to see some titties? I don't know why I'm doing like a weird job. Of <laughs> also, the things that we have said on this episode of Loathsome Things, not at all troublesome. <laughs> oh, well, we, there is no explaining how stupid we are. <laughs> This movie is fucking great. If you haven't watched it at this point, what's wrong with you? You should go watch it. It's a classic, and it really, like I said at the beginning, it's a classic for a reason. It's ridiculous. It's so it, much fun. It is It is a lot of fun. The first time I watched it, I was just blown away by what I was seeing. Um, we never, We never get any closure on what the fuck is going on with Teddy. At times, it seems like Teddy is just a reflection of of Jamie's psyche. At other times, it seems like maybe the troglodytes are using Teddy as a psychic puppet in order to convince children to bring food to them. I mean, those are those are all great ideas, none of which are really explored, even even slightly. I mean, essentially, Teddy is a teddy bear with glowing eyes that talks to his keeper. That's basically what. That's, that's it. That's, that's all it. it is. Yep. Who's also a pervert <laughs> yeah, and a murderer, apparently. Oh, he is Teddy Manson or something. Yep. Yep. Teddy Manson. Teddy Wayne Gacy. <laughs> Dead Wayne Gacy. Oh man, I hope this movie gets a sequel. It really deserves one, um, or a remake. Sam Snyder's, Sammy Snyder's is still around. I mean, he could do, oh, he, he could come back in some way. That's true. They could just pretend that the uh, the troglodytes knew him already through Maybe Teddy. And they didn't eat him. And now he is a dance instructor that has built a dance studio on top of the pit. And there is a trap door. Oh, shit. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to see big, big grown up Jamie just doing some real fancy dance moves. The just trying to see titties still. Now, now that he's a professional dance instructor, every time he sees titties, you can see his like nose wrinkle up and he's like, I don't like those. <laughs> oh man, I we got we're making that movie. Yeah, that needs to be it. The also pit. 
Oh my god. I love it. John, if you had to rate this movie on a scale of zero, meaning that this is not even a movie, to five, <laughs> meaning that this is the apex of a horror movie, uh, on a scale of zero through five loathsome things, how would you go about rating this film? I'm going to give it a flat three. Flat three? A flat three. I think that... Uh, a flat three makes it sound like it's average. <laughs> it's not average, but it's not to give it a rating numerically speaking, where it was somehow better than being in the middle. <laughs> just mm-hmm. Right to me. It's not worse than that. And in many ways it is better in some ways it's worse, I guess, but that's forgivable. It's horror, but uh, I'd give it a three. I mean, it's, it's, as we said, I mean, it's, it's full of, troublesome stuff and not only is it troublesome it's it's like it's troublesome with no way to really explain your way out of it you know yeah. like, like butcher baker you, you know could be seen as a commentary this is not seen as a really as a commentary it's more of a reflection just a direct like the people who made it don't necessarily seem to be that far separated from the views that are being if they are there's no reason for us to know that you know it, it's not presented in that way that's a problem. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It is, it is not self-aware in its troublesomeness. Yeah. It, it's yeah. Yeah. But having said that, I mean, it's, yes, it's crazy, but it's fucking entertaining. It's so much fun to watch. It, it is. Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm not far off from you. I gave it a 2.7 out of five. That's a total of 5.7 out of five. It is not well directed. It is good enough acted for what it is you know it's like made for tv quality movie acting um the acting never took me out of the movie except for like the cop scenes and stuff uh but it is just reprehensibly directed reprehensibly edited that whole like beginning shot where it's a flashback within a flashback to things that we don't know about that had to just be padding for time like they needed a bigger runtime because it it didn't add to the story. It actively detracted from the story because without that, we wouldn't know that Jamie's the kind of kid that's going to lure people to their death in the woods. And that might've actually added some tension to the like first one or two acts of the film. But nah, instead we're like, Oh, this is a little murder kid. And we're watching him like, you know, tee up his first murders yeah right open the door to the theater and the first thing you see is him killing people it's like yeah well i guess we got that figured out yeah i wish that kid would have punched him a few more times uh but i mean it's it's just off the wall bonkers it's i haven't seen it like there are elements in it from other horror movies but i've never seen anything like it it's in a class all its own it's massively entertaining probably going to put it down in the honorable mentions because you definitely should watch it, but it is not a top tenner. No, it's not. It's, it's any, any self-respecting horror fan needs to watch this movie. Yeah. Um, and then if you just like, if you just like crazy stuff, oddball stuff, it's, it's a fun movie to watch. I think that you would enjoy this. Oh yeah. If, if you're just like hanging out with, with the wife, with the kids 
and you're not really sure what to watch and you want to have a nice little fun program on with like a teddy bear and some cool magical creatures, just just pop this one into the old VCR. <laughs> Get some popcorn. <laughs> yes. Cut a hole in the bottom of the popcorn container. <laughs> and run a bath. <laughs> I mean... Uh, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> So, uh, so that's a five point seven out of ten. Loathsome things. That's it's whatever. It's somewhere between some other ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's 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 what it is. John, I have an additional trivia question for you. Okay, I use a service that that collates all of the different streaming services and tells you what new things they've added to their library. Mm-hmm. But. When you're scrolling through all of it, it just gives you the movie cover that they've managed to pull in. Okay. And so sometimes you'll see the title. Sometimes that title will be wrong. You won't know anything about it other than that. And so I have often found myself opening a bunch of movies in a new tab, not knowing whether or not they even are horror movies. (laughs) So I have for you three movies. Okay. Just the title. Mm Mm-hmm. One of these movies is actually a horror movie. Okay. The other two are not the names of horror movies. And I want you to pick out which one is the horror movie. Nice. Okay. One, Children of Mud. (laughs) Okay. Two, From the Dark. Wow. Three, The Final List. (laughs) wow um in the dark in the final list what was the first one again children of mud (laughs) children of mud um from the dark not in the dark oh oh, from the dark i'm gonna say from the dark that's correct in fact it is three horror movies and even more horror short films all named from the dark oh really oh wow okay yeah none that i can think of offhand wow yeah nice was that fun i don't know i enjoyed it is that good podcasting (laughs) i liked it after a year it's hard to tell (laughs) who can say yeah Uh, so we're gonna do another year of loathsome things that's exciting what are What are some things like looking back that you you found extraordinary or looking forward? What are some things that you're excited about for the next year of doing this more of? I mean, just doing it at all is extraordinary to me just because life is life and it's difficult and it's it's hard to do anything consistently that you don't have to do for any length of time as an adult. That's true. Uh, We haven't missed an episode. Yeah. So that's fantastic. Um, I... No, I mean I've had it. I've had an absolute blast the whole time. I mean, uh, uh, got to see a bunch of movies that I probably would have never seen. And um, as far as like moving forward, I'm looking forward to. There's just a million movies that that, that we can cover, and and I'm looking, look, you know, like I'm just hoping to like grow our audience and have more interaction with people, and you know, all that fun stuff. Because I, I think that we can grow the show based on an audience 
Yep. You know, no one's listening, then that's fine. We'll just do it for ourselves. Absolutely. More people are listening, you know, then maybe we can start to think about more fun things to do that might, you know, to include an audience in some way or, you know, stuff like that. I mean, like I said, if that, if we don't have an audience, it's fine. I mean, yeah. I laugh my ass off every time we record one of these and have a great time. So, yeah, but, I mean, it's 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 super cheap what we're doing and <laughs> and uh, and a lot of fun. I I've enjoyed every single week, and yeah, it's really cool. I've it's changed the way I watch movies because I used yeah. to watch movies way more passively than I do now. Yeah. And uh, now, even whenever I'm not intending to, I'm like, well, that is a thing that I would mention if I was going to review this movie, right? <laughs> And uh, yeah, I, I love it. So I would, if we grow the audience, I would love to get more uh, recommendations. The recommendations that we've gotten have been great. They've been uh, a lot of fun. Uh, like what was uh, Banshee chapter? That was a movie that I actively had not watched that I'd seen it on all of the little sliders had gone by been like, nah, I don't think so. And I had a great time watching that movie and audition was an excuse to watch a great movie and talk about it all of the way. Both of those have been fan suggestions. Both of them have been fantastic. Um, keep it up. If, if you're one of those two guys, give us another suggestion. Maybe we'll do it. I can't say it definitely might not be instantaneous. As you could see with Banshee chapter, it took some months after we got it, but you know, it's 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 all golden and i really appreciate everyone that's listened and everyone that's commented ramon <laughs> pinhead x pinhead x thank you <laughs> and yeah i'm i'm looking forward to a, another year of horror movies absolutely yep all right uh, if you want to say some of those things to us or say other things to us you can find us on the social medias on twitter and instagram at loathsome pod on facebook at loathsome podcast or email us at loathsome things at gmail.com eagle-eared yes. listeners will be like at loathsome podcast for facebook i thought it was something else that's because i got it wrong for the first year <laughs> it's fine it's fine it's that easy is, to find it is you just search for loathsome things scroll past a few racist stuff you'll yeah. find us eventually akk cosplay or whatever the one oh, thing is yeah so good so just go ahead google loathsome things a horror movie podcast don't shorten it don't go you'll find it all yeah there you go that's good and uh, I guess it's time for us to say goodbye to our listeners, John. Goodbye, listeners. And I'm sorry that you all have to die. Yes. That's the way it sounded. I don't know. I think that's what we should go out on. I like it. Yeah. Um, thanks for listening. And I'm sorry that you have to die.